Blog Talk Radio.
Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I want to welcome everyone to another episode with your host, Spive Smooth Stones on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Brother Seth, and uh, I have Sister Arlene that will be coming here in a little bit. She's running a little bit late. Um, just want to just welcome everyone again to another episode of very important Important, important subject. Out of all the things I do on this blog, probably this subject is the most, one of my favorites. And um, it is the most lethal out of any everything I talk about. Lethal in that against the kingdom of darkness. Lethal against the lies that we've been taught to uh to render us powerless, uh, lethal against uh, lies that have pushed back a people, lethal against lies that have have caused a people to think uh, in terms of themselves less than what they should, lethal in the sense of of rebuking. Uh, people that would dare think that they're better than other people. Uh, this information is lethal in that it's strictly from the scriptures, and you and I both know that the scriptures is nothing more than a sword, okay? Cutting up all of the enemy's tactics, his lies, his deception, and the ignorance he used. So hopefully everybody's doing today on this uh, wonderful Shabbat. If I didn't say it already, Shabbat Shalom to all of the uh, Israelites and everybody else all over all over the planet, I guess I should say. Anytime you talk on the Internet, you just can't think in terms of your um, area. That's the one thing I've got to get used to doing is, is thinking global because this Internet, blog talk, and all these social networks, they're reaching out to the world not just to a small community. And I'm thankful for them. I'm, I'm very thankful for them. I know every, every time I try to go on, I do a shout-out because I'm really thankful that um, we have this thing called Blog Talk Radio and even Facebook and a lot of the others. You know, they have allowed most how to get out what he could not get out at a lot of these churches. So that is what's happening when you when the churches don't preach and stand for truth, no matter how difficult it is, like this particular subject we're dealing with today, Bible leprosy, you're never, ever going to walk in a church and hear it. But yet you have a whole two chapters devoted to it, and it appears in the Scriptures many times. But you will never hear your pastor, I guarantee you, talk about leprosy the way we're going to talk about it today. It's the only uh, plague really addressed in the whole Bible. I don't think there's another chapter to any other plague. It's not a disease. We're going to talk about that today. It's not a disease. It's not contagious. It's simply a plague. Okay, we'll talk about the difference in a little bit. All right, but again, we're Five Smooth Stones. Again, at blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. Again, if you're driving along, 
You have your little cell phone there. You're figuring out how to get how to look at your computer a little later on and and research a lot of the things we're talking about. Again, it's blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones, five smooth stones, just like David had to slay the, uh, the giant of Goliath. And I know a lot of people say, where do you get that name from? Where do you get the name five smooth stones? Well, I'll tell you briefly. I attended the convention in 1987, and uh, then I attended the convention in 1988. I heard something in 87 that really moved me. I'm not going to get into it now. I've talked about it in previous episodes. Uh, um, y'all are just going to have to listen to our, our Shabbat class on last week for me to go into that. But basically, in a nutshell, giving you the very short version of it, I won't rob you of all of the information. I'll give you a little short version. I asked the Most High five questions, and those five questions really gave me five answers that I happen to call five smooth stones. The reason why is because what he gave me for the five questions I asked him, what he gave me was so strong, so irrefutable, I bounced it off very many people in the ministry and professional people and even some celebrities and and it just I marvel even to this day of what they have to say with the information that the most I gave me. That's how you know it's tried and true. So of course I'm never gonna be teaching a lie. I'm not gonna accept it in my own head, much less preaching one. So when I do, when I talk about things that you know, when the Most High give you something, folks, y'all know this. When the Most High give you something, that something is yours. Nobody can take away what the Most High have done in your life. Your testimony is your testimony. What He's done for you and your family, nobody can take that away. So is it when He gives you a revelation, when He gives you a word, a, a, a rhema, as they call it. When you get a, when you get a, when you one of those. Secretism is, is opened up for you. Nobody can take away that. And I call these revelations that he's given me stones, like David, five smooth stones, because they are smooth. Believe me, they are smooth. And they are from the most high. Those answers are those topics, those five topics. It's what I talk about. Most of the time when I'm ministering, they are, number one, not in no particular order, the revelation of who the true Jews or Israelite is. That's number one. Okay, again, not in no specific order. Number two, this revelation of Bible leprosy is one of those stones. Okay? Number three, the revelation of this one world government, a new world order, okay, that's number three. What the new world order is doing, who the new world order is, we cover that on Thursday night, late night show, 12 to 2, where we get into what the Illuminati is doing, secret societies. Right now we're talking about demons, how they manifest. I talk about stories, personal accounts, personal um uh, just different things I've experienced. I don't call any names out to protect the innocent. <laughs> but um, 
I do bring bring up live, real um, dates and times of when things happen, spirits and so forth. But we we are right now talking about evil spirits because we can't understand the Illuminati and powerful people in higher government and wickedness in high places until we understand wickedness in our own life every day. So that's where we at on Thursdays. Again, that's called the One World Society. Okay, so that's one of the one of the things I talk about. That's number three. Number four is this: the revelation of white supremacy slash black inferiority. This whole concept that have just stifled a people and, and propelled another people into places where they should never have went. The the arrogance of white supremacy, and it's not really white people. If you're listening to me talk about it, it's satanic. It's simply a lie that Satan have perpetrated. Uh, have have uh, 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 what's what I'm looking for? It's a lie that Satan have got us to believe and walk in, and so you know, again, whites may benefit, and right off the bat, just looking at it with a natural eye, it looks like they're the beneficial, but in the end, they suffer, they're robbed, they're abused by the philosophy of white supremacy just as much as we are. Like Martin Luther King Jr. said. If I'm in bondage, everybody is in bondage, and that is the truth. The lie comes from Satan, not from white people. The lie comes from Satan, not from white people. The notion of white superiority, white education being better, white neighborhoods being better, white everything being better, it's not true. Okay? All right, so white supremacy is, is, one, is number uh, four, and then the last Stone are the last topic that I talk about more than any other thing. These five topics that seem to dominate my life conversation. I mean, I talk about a million other things, but these are what I feel like a calling to. The last subject I talk about is the kingdom of the Most High. It's actually the reverse of the one world government. The one world government, the one world society is what Satan is doing in the earth. There is another kingdom that Satan is actually mocking or mimicking, and that is the true kingdom, the kingdom of the Most High. My friend, I hope you are a part of that kingdom. If you're not, unfortunately, without you even knowing, you're probably a part of the kingdom of Satan. So my job, my calling, my desire, my hope is that with this information we share today, that it will tempt you to become a follower of the Most High, that you make that decision and you would give your life over to him. Don't mean you have to be perfect, but you just have to be born again. That's a spiritual thing that happens when the Most High accepts you into the family, okay? And that is through his son, the Messiah, the one and only, as many people call him Jesus the Christ, more more importantly and more um, uh, scripturally, his name was Yahweh, as many pronounce it, and some pronounce that some people pronounce it Yeshua. Some people call him Emmanuel. Some people call him simply the Messiah. But that's who we're talking about, okay? He was a perfect example of what the Father wanted us to be on this planet, and we're a part of that kingdom, okay? So those are the five topics I talk about. Again, going through them quickly, the revelation of Israel, who we are, the revelation of leprosy, how man came into being. We'll talk about that a little bit in, a, in just a little while. And then the one world government, white supremacy, 
and the solution, the kingdom of the Most High. Taking it out of the spooky realm. When I say that, the kingdom of God is on the earth. It sounds so spooky. I like to take the spook out of all of that. It's very practical, very much in your face. If you are a believer, you follow the Most High with all your heart. He has your heart. He has your heart. And you believe. You have to have the faith. Okay? If you, he's giving you the ability to believe, then you can't even believe that Christ came and rose and did, uh, lived and died and rose and left and is returning. You can't even believe it unless the Father actually gives you that faith. And along with that faith that he gives you, he also gives you the ability to be righteous, just as righteous as he is. So when you have these things, again, you're part of that kingdom. That's a good solution. Um, let me do a few things before I jump into it. I don't want to go too fast. Um, uh, I do want to say that on our front page, again, blogtalkradio.com slash stones underscore is going to separate the, the words there. I do have a very important link under, under, um, on that page, okay? It's, it's under where it says my website. I actually have my library, my Google library. If you click on that link, you'll see a lot of the books that I've read over the years that brought me to some of the things you would hear me say today. Again, this is my library online. And you'll listen to you'll be able to get a chance to see a lot of the authors that the most High allowed me to run into. I don't agree with any necessarily a hundred percent of any one of those authors. There's some very sharp people on that page, okay? So also, there's a link. Well, uh, actually, Blog Talk just did a transition where we don't have links anymore, but I'm putting my links in my comment page. So under comments, I'm actually posting my links now. So if you look at the comment section of my page, you're going to see some figure A, figure B, figure C. So the different figures A uh, is going to be dealing with the different things we're talking about, okay? So, again, go to the comments, move to the bottom of that page where it's talk about the comments, and we're going to have links to Dr. Uh, Puklum, who is a authority, melanin, melanin authority. We're going to try to play her a little later on in the program. She's an expert on melanin. Le- leprosy is the absence of pigmentation. The Complete reverse of that is uh, melanin. So on one extreme end, you have no pigmentation, albinoism, and vitiligo. And on the other end, you have melanin, a dark-skinned person, just like the earth itself, the, the richer dirt. Literally, that's what I'm talking about, dirt today. Dirt versus lack of dirt. It's just that simple. We can end the Bible study right now. But we won't do that. But that's what we're talking about. And Dr. Pukum is a authority. Y'all have got to click on that link and listen to her. I think she's on uh, the first link. Uh, the first. It's not a link. It's a. It's just an um, address. So you have to uh, cut and paste it and go to that first that figure. I think the figure C. Figure B is going to be talking about... Um, it's a video. It's going to take you to YouTube to an uh, Indian village 
and it's going to actually take you all over the world, talking about albinos all over the world, very a good documentary, a little short documentary of someone actually explaining. Excuse me. <coughs> I heard some of y'all say bless you. Thank you. Anyway, Arlene is here. Say a hello to the people, Arlene. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. For those of you who don't know what Shabbat Shalom means, it just means Shabbat means Saturday. It's, it's Saturday. It's the Shabbat. And then Shalom means peace. We are commanded to greet our brothers and sisters in peace, and that's why we say that, not just trying to be religious. Okay, that's figure B, all right? Figure A is talking about very important out of all those different addresses. That one is the most important because it's going to take you to a Washington Post article that's literally saying what I'm saying right here today. I don't need the Washington Post to validate me, but I know some of y'all don't know me, and you trust more the Washington Post than you do me, so go click on that and hear some people with a um, little, little um, anyway, <laughs> go listen to them, all right? This is a very important article, though, uh, basically saying that white skin, as we know it today, is a mutation of black skin out of Africa. Very serious article, okay? So those three addresses you're going to need, that's some homework, if you will, if I have the authority to even do that. I would ask you to research that a little later on, okay? People before, uh, this is, again, one of the most important subjects of my life. I ask that you get your Bibles out. I guess that you turn on your tape recorders. Uh, because we may go a little fast, and I want to go ahead and just give you the scriptures of everywhere leprosy is mentioned. I want to give you the scriptures first, just in case we don't get a chance. I decided to start doing this early. Uh, but i tell you what, Arlene had something to say real quick. Virginia. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment, because this is a very meaty topic, and it for some people it might cause them to choke, for some it might cause them to struggle, for some, it might open a door and make them feel liberated and included. So I'd just like to preface this topic uh, to say that it's only important because of the inequities that have been taught, because of the um, bad information that we've received over the past hundreds of years about what's going on, the people in the Bible. Uh, if they weren't all painted white, then we wouldn't have to... Uh, share this information, because I got born again and brought into the family of the Most High, believing Jesus was white. And in doing so, I feel like it has hindered me from growing to the deeper depths that I need to grow. But there are some people that can't even come into salvation because of those lies that prevented them from feeling included in the plan of the Most High. So that's why it's very important that we remove those barriers by sharing truths like these. But the focus is so that people can be reconciled to their creator, to the most high, who has a plan for their lives, but because of the lies that have been told, it prevented people from, of color from really trusting in the most high and in the scriptures. So we're hoping that the truth that's going to go forth today is going to take down obstacles and barriers and open the doorway for people who are pigmented, who are brown-skinned, who have felt left out of the plan of the most high, to come in and to embrace him and their purpose. Now, that right there, Arlene, I really appreciate you saying that because I couldn't have said that better. It's always with five smooth stone as your host today. It's always with us. 
Everything we do is about uh, it's about your relationship, helping you get closer um, to the Most High. If if when you open your Bible to a Bible study, that is not the goal of that particular teacher. You're in the wrong Bible study. Okay. So again, um, we're about to jump into this. All right. Um, I want everybody to turn in your Bible to Leviticus 13. And while you turn to Leviticus 13, I'm going to go over our schedule. Uh, today, every single uh, Shabbat, I, I guess for the next two or three weeks, we'll be talking about this maybe longer. depends on how long we just feel the most I'm directing. And then on Sundays, again, everybody's turning in your Bible to Leviticus 13. Um, on Sundays, we always talk about the same thing. Because there's a lot of people that's new to this whole thing and they don't understand nothing. They don't. They don't even understand why we say Yah or Yahweh or Yahweh. Or they don't understand none of these Hebrew, and they don't. And they're not that comfortable with them. So on Sundays we kind of just we'll say God, we'll say Jesus Christ, because we don't want people to think we're talking about a whole other God. And that's where a lot of you are at. And somebody have got to be sensitive to you and not just be saying all these things that's over their head. It really frustrates me how some people don't have no patience for some of us that was, we just learned a few Hebrew words yesterday, and all of a sudden we want to dog out, and we're too, you know, too, we feel like we're, the Most High won't hear us if we say Jesus, and, and we can't. we got to think about those that just don't know, okay? So that's what this show is for. It's, for, it's called Ancient, only we just saying something. Okay, but this is a show on Sunday that uh, that we we do to um, and y'all got to bear with me. I got to talk about these things because I want people to know what we're doing. Okay, we're gonna get into the lesson for sure, for sure. But I just want everybody to know what's happening. Again, on Sunday we talk about how we know we Israel, and then on Monday, on Tuesday night we have something called the Federation of International Jews, the Federation of International Jews. Uh, this is where we invite so-called uh, Jews, or better word, Israelites, that live all over the world, non-white Jews. And uh, the reason why we're talking about non-white is we're talking about the true Jews of the Bible. They happen to be white, they happen to be white, and we do believe that some are white. So, But the, the, the purpose of this particular blog is to bring forth all of Israel that has been ignored over the years, and vast majority of them are, are, are black, but yet in Israel, you, you see an all-white country, and you know that can't be true. So, because the Bible says that uh, Israel be scattered to all four corners of the earth, and uh, right now, 92% of the world is non-white. So, if Israel has been scattered to all four corners of the world, or all nations, as some scriptures say, then Israel should reflect that. So, we're talking to Israelites all over the world, lost tribes, 12 tribes, most high said, in the latter days, that Israel will be resurrected, okay? Now, that is Thursday's show. That's the uh, fourth one we do. We do four shows a week. Is one of my favorites. One World Society is what we call it. And at this particular show, we talk about the One World Government, or what some people call it the One World Order, Illuminati, Secret Society, Skull and Bones, what the wicked is doing in high places, and this is, again, we talk about demon, demonology. A lot, that's what we're on right now, and I talked about that earlier, actually, Ali. Okay. So, okay, 
So we just want to turn our Bibles to Leviticus 13, and uh, we'll just go ahead and start talking about this. Now, a lot of people want to know, Seth, why is this so important? What does this have to do with my salvation? What does this have to do with Christianity? Why would you even dare be on 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 Saturday or in any day of the week talking about color and talking about skin and talking about again? Arlene said it well. Yeah, hopefully y'all heard exactly what she said. But we have got to tear down the lies of Satan. I'm telling you, white supremacy, the notion of white supremacy, which created black inferiority or non-white inferiority, non-white inferiority is what was birthed out of the lie of white supremacy. We've got to challenge that because our people and people all over the planet, including white people, is out of place. One people too high thinking too much of themselves, another people thinking too less of themselves. Somebody got to call it for what it is, white supremacy. White supremacy. I remember when I first started learning about white supremacy, I wouldn't even write the word. I wouldn't even write the phrase because it was so offensive to people. Some of you right now is like, oh, I'm ready to just turn off the, the show because you know why? Because we've been programmed to not say that because it's offensive. But it's real. It's strong. It's in the deep psyche of everybody that listen to the gospel the way it's presented, that listen to the media the way it's presented, that listen to history the way it's presented, that listen to anything that can be said out of somebody's mouth or through the media the way it's presented. Okay, I was in India, got a chance to go to some other countries, China, and I was shocked at how much Chinese and Indians and Australians and wherever else I went, how much of America they get, how much of CNN they get. You would think you're in another country and you're going to get their version, but no. Even in India, they have Bollywood instead of Hollywood, but they still get a lot of white supremacist teaching, doctrines, information, twists, certain twists they get. Images, yes, images. Thank you, Arlene. They get a lot of this philosophy. And this philosophy cripples the masses. It just, it, it just, I don't know what the word is, just shuts down progress of non-white people in a lot of ways. I, and we'll, we'll, you'll see what I mean as we move along here, okay? So we talk about something called leprosy. What do, are we saying leprosy is? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, how can I forget to pray? How could I forget? Well, I didn't forget. I'm just a little late with it. Let's go ahead and, and lift this blog up and this subject up to the most high uh, listeners, if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to come to you today. We don't take it lightly. We don't take the listeners lightly. We don't take your word lightly. We ask your blessing upon the reading of the word, the understanding of your word, and even the application of the word in our lives. Oh, Father, we ask that you would help us with understanding this part of the scriptures. The scriptures we're studying today on leprosy. Help us understand what those people went through back in the time and how Christ came and sat and changed that whole that whole situation. Help us to understand your mind, what the scriptures is saying on this particular uh, topic. We ask a, a blessing to the listening audience 
that the listeners will see the, the relevance of this in their life, in their personal walk with you, that they'll see the relevance of this and how they interpret history and how they uh, interpret everything that they hear through their ears and even through their, just through their mind uh, and, and through the sight in every way. We just ask that you would help us understand what the Spirit is saying and said when these scriptures were produced. We ask these blessings. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, people. Uh, let me give you the scriptures first and we'll move forward, okay? Uh, write these scriptures down. We won't turn all of them right now. We're right now at Leviticus 13. This is just other scriptures I want you all to write down. It's a lot of scriptures, I'm telling you. You're going to want to write this down. Second uh, Chronicles 26 and 21. Second Kings 15 and 5. This is a list of people that have leprosy. Second Kings uh, 5, I always give you that. Matthew 26 and 6. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Matthew 8 and 2. Exodus 4 and 6. Numbers 12 and 1. 2 Kings 7 and 3, and of course Leviticus 13, the whole chapter, and Leviticus 14. All right, you might want to write this down. Type of leprosy, uh, Leviticus 13 and 2, uh, then Leviticus 13 and um, 3. Oh, bear with me, bear with me here, bear with me here. Uh, I have that down, so I will write it down. Leviticus 13 and 2, Leviticus 13 and 3, Leviticus 13 and 4, and Leviticus 13 and 13. There's other forms of leprosy there's just that I didn't write down, I, but this is just all in that first chapter. There are other forms of leprosy, okay? Numbers 12 and 10, if I didn't already give you that, 12 and 10. Okay. This is some scriptures talking about the clean uh, of, of cleansed leprosy. This is scripture talking about the description of cleansed leprosy. Okay, Leviticus 13 and 6. Leviticus 13 and 12. Leviticus 13 and 13. Leviticus 13 and 17. Second Kings 5 and 14. Here's some... Uh, a description of leprosy unclean, Leviticus 13 and 3, Leviticus 13 and 7, 8, 10, 11, 14, 15, 18 through 20. Okay. All right. Uh, a couple more scriptures. I told y'all it was a lot. Here's one form of cleansing, raw flesh being turned to one-tone flesh. We're going to find out that leprosy is nothing more, well, again, raw flesh to one-tone flesh. Leprosy is nothing more than raw flesh. We'll read to get into that. But Leviticus 13 and 6 talks about that. Leviticus 13 and 12. Leviticus 13 and 13. Leviticus 13 and 16. Leviticus 
13 and 17. I know what a lot of y'all think. We're about to read Leviticus, so why are you giving me all these scriptures? But you need those particular topics so later on you can go directly to it. One more group of scriptures. The priest shall shut them up. Okay? They don't go into the colony yet. They're not put away yet. Just shutting them up for seven days. Leviticus 13 and 4. Leviticus 13 and 5. And there's other scriptures. I just wrote those down just to show you that. Numbers 12 and 14. Numbers 12 and 15. 2 Chronicles 26 and 19. Those just to name a few. And please, please, people, go to those uh, my comment section. And instead of comments, this is where I put the address. Like I said earlier, y'all got to go check it out. It's going to really do stuff go into areas I can't even dare to go into. So I want to read something to y'all uh, before we go into Leviticus 13, okay? And y'all have got to bear with me. Some of y'all uh, just want to start reading, but already your mind is, is there's a brainwash, if you will, if you don't mind, because we all are brainwashed to some degree. That's why we need the word. So I just want to read something to you in terms of, uh, again, how we need to look at this. Okay, leprosy, the Most High put two people in the Garden of Eden. He clothed them with earth. As men began to sin, they began to, to, to die early. They began to lose hair. They began to be too tall or they began to be too short. Sin, the effects of sin, the effects of Adam and Eve falling, they began to not be able to produce children, if I didn't mention that one. And they had problems with their planet. The, the ground became stubborn. Animals became meaner. Uh, they start tampering. Just I'm talking about the effects of sin. It changed everything for them. And also, they begin to lose their earth, their dust-colored skin. Their dust-colored skin. After that dirt you see when you look outside, go in, go get a shovel and dig down to a more richer form of dust. Why would the Most High not make us of the most richest form? To lose that is major. Dr. Pukram, which is, again, one of the addresses, I think it's figure, figure C, in the comment section on my front page, goes into this. She has nine ten-minute videos on YouTube. She used a thousand big words. It's very genetic science-driven. But she said some amazing things about that earth suit we wear called melanin. Melanin. That's the complete opposite of leprosy. Leprosy is to have no pigmentation. Albinoism and vitiligo is what we're submitting today as leprosy, modern-day leprosy. Albino is a brand-new word. Vitiligo is a brand-new word. We're going to see in just a second here how these terms or what these terms mean is described in the Scriptures, okay? So I want you all to understand where we're going with this before we can start reading, okay? Again, to lose your earth, to lose pigmentation in the eye is a part of a curse. 
to what I'm submitting to you, and then we'll back it up in Scripture. I'm submitting to you to lose pigmentation in the eye as a part of a curse. Not since Christ comes. Thank God. Since Christ comes, none of this matters. Again, none of this matters. So anybody that's black and happen to be light-skinned, because some of these scriptures you don't, might feel a little uncomfortable today. Especially our white brothers and sisters, you might feel a little uncomfortable today. Okay? Because it's going to, you know, all your life you've been taught something and uh, what, what do you mean? Well, I mean, Christ has removed us from the curse. But I think it still does matter because the lies that have gone forth have held people in bondage and have kept them out of fellowship with the Most High because they don't believe that he included them in his plan. So I think it does matter in that it can help people to understand that they were always a part of his plan. They just got excluded by a people who wanted to basically steal their birthright. Okay. That's true. All right. So, uh, again... This is what we're saying, and we're going to first make the make uh, the, the, the the what we're trying to establish, here, and then we're going to look it up in scripture, okay? Uh, but that's what we're saying, okay? So it's very simple: albinoism and vitiligo. To lose pigmentation slowly, or to be born without it, is a fallen state. Under the Old Testament, these people' lives were hell. They went through a lot. And with the whole thing of being of albinoism, it wasn't being white that was the problem or being albino. It was if you could see through the skin. We're going to show you how being able to see through the skin is what actually is unclean leprosy. To have white skin, like an albino, it's leprous. Moses Let's look at that scripture. Keep your finger there at uh, Leviticus 13, and let's go to uh, Moses, uh, Exodus, uh, Exodus 4 and 6. Keep, put your little marker there in Leviticus 13. Because Leviticus 13 is hardcore getting to, you know, so I want you to see some other things kind of open up and it's going to make the way for Leviticus 13. You'll understand what I mean a little later on. Again, Exodus 4 and 6. Okay, 4 and 6. And the Most High said further unto him, Put now thy hand in thy bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. Okay. Moses was just instructed to put his hand in his bosom. When he come bring his hand out, the term, the, the, the phrase that was used in the scriptures was, his hand became leprous as snow. Now, snow is only known for two things I know of, being ice and being white. Why, if, 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 if leprosy was what modern-day scholars say, modern-day modern preachers, I should say, modern-day preachers, evangelist teachers, the vast majority of teaching out there on leprosy is that leprosy is sores, little pus, knuckles falling off. If his hand was leprous, why didn't the Most High say his hand became leprous as blood, leprous as sores? It's, it's letting you know how his hand looked. It was just white. 
But we're going to read, and someone might say, well, that's not what he meant. Okay, well, let's look at this verse. Uh, let's look at um, Numbers 12 and 1. Numbers 12 and 1. If you think those words or that phrase was used careless by the most high, he didn't really mean leprous as snow. This is major, folks. These scriptures I'm sharing with y'all is major because this is going to lay a foundation that we're going to build on. He is calling leprosy, he is using it interchangeably with snow. Leprosy just means to lose your pigmentation. Now, if Moses already was white, how could his hand turn white? Okay? And when it say white as snow, it's not meaning like a piece of paper white. Ain't nobody that cold. You're going to find out a little later. We're going to read how somebody was cursed with leprosy in their seed forever. So if their seed forever was cursed back in ancient times, and they had children after children after children after children after children, anybody who was been cursed thousands of years ago would have thousands if not millions of kids now. So there's nobody on the planet white as snow, so it couldn't have been that. Go ahead, Arlene. That's Numbers 12.10. 12, 12.10, I'm sorry. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. She was leprous. You hear that? She was leprous. Now watch this. Somebody said, well, what does that mean? That means she had so sores and Okay, well, let's keep reading. And Aaron is going to actually describe how she looked. A lot of people miss this part. Keep reading. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto him. Hold on. Did y'all get that? Read it one more time. Slow, please. Let her not be as one dead. Hold on. Let her not be as one dead. Of whom the flesh is half consumed. Okay, right there. When the flesh is half consumed. All that means is she's not one tone. Babies born, stillborn is what this is talking about. Let her not be as one dead who comes from his mother's womb. That's a stillborn baby whose flesh is half consumed. No baby come out, blood all, guts all ate up, fingers turned twisted backwards. It's, he's saying, let her not be as the way babies come out when they're dead. When babies come out when they're dead, they don't have pigmentation. No stillborn baby have pigmentation. Now, I was teaching this years ago, and I'm talking about years ago, in Columbus. I was at a church. And a nurse interrupted me, because I always let everybody know you can interrupt me any time. And she interrupted me and says, oh, my goodness. She says, I deliver babies, help deliver babies. And she said, you are so right. Stillborn babies, they don't have pigmentation. A lot of babies are born without pigmentation. They get it like the next day or so. I understand that. But stillborn babies, you can just look right through their skin. And because that's all Leprosy is is when a uh, like they would check a grown man or grown woman, and when they don't have one tone flesh, even if if you would have a spot, and we'll look at that in a second. If you have a spot, they will look at it. If they could see through the spot, they lock you up seven days. And it says if it wouldn't get a little darker, you had leprosy. I'm submitting to you today 
that leprosy is white skin. And within the, um, there's two types of leprosy, being white skin, clean and unclean. Clean just means you're accepted. You can go and be among other people. It has nothing to do with wash. Does have to have nothing to do with soap and water. When the Bible talks about clean, it does not have anything to do with dirtiness. We got to first establish that because some of y'all look at the word clean, and that's where this whole lie comes from. That that's what leprosy is—blood and, and sores and it's nasty. No, clean means you can go among everybody and socialize with everybody. Unclean means you can't. Just like when the children of Israel. Whenever they would see a dead person, the Most High said that they'd be unclean until the evening or until the sundown. So if you saw a dead person who was Israel, you couldn't go and do priestly things. You just saw somebody dead, and that's on you, and the Most High didn't want you doing the holy things. Okay, there's other things you can do. If you was not a part of the house of Israel, there's just, there's just was several ways you could be unclean that had absolutely positively nothing to do with soap and water, okay? Now... Um, so I just wanted to highlight that before we talk about Leviticus 13, because it seems like to me that would help us make more sense. Now, um, Arlene, you ready for this? Yeah. I want to do a couple more before we go to 13, okay? Second uh, Chronicles 26 and 21. Second Chronicles 26 and 21, people. This is King Uzziah, or Uzziah, some people say. Twenty six twenty one. Uh huh. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Most High. And Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Okay, I'm trying to find uh, when he was first smitten with it. I think he was the one he had in his forehead. And uh, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm correct on that, uh, that was not the exact scripture I was looking at. But anyway, this king was smitten with leprosy in the forehead. And um, uh, the thing you want to understand in this, with this is this. If, if leprosy is what a lot of the, the clergy say today, and they say that it's... 19, I got it. Uh, okay, she's got the exact verse, but it, hold on. If leprosy is what your pastor is saying, a listener, most pastors are saying anyway, that is, again, fingers falling off, uh, stub fingers, uh, blood, sores, pus, this brother going to get leprosy in his forehead. So if you get in your forehead, that has nothing to do with limbs. And nowhere in our reading today is we're going to run across uh Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, well, we're going to run, run across the traditional, uh, I'm sorry, the traditional uh, definition that we hear at a lot of these churches. Go ahead. Okay. It's in Second uh, Chronicles 26, starting with verse 19. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Most High from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, 
and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, he himself hasted also to go out because the Most High had smitten him. Okay. All right. So in his forehead. So if this if this knuckle's falling all off, how can that be and it's in your forehead? Now, I know some of y'all saying, yeah, but he might have sores and pus. So we'll keep reading. But I just want you to know, if the leprosy is that, how can it be in the forehead if his finger's falling off? It, you know, it's just I want you to understand this particular person had leprosy in their forehead. And, again, we didn't read. The main thing that we want to talk about in reading this is you heard no description of sores, pus, blood. That's my main point with reading that. Okay. Now let's look at uh, uh, 2 Kings 5. The reason I'm doing this, folks, listeners, I want you all to turn to these scriptures. I'm establishing something. I've learned that if I talk about different people that have it, then go back to read what the specifics are on it, it makes more sense. Okay, trust me. Follow me, y'all. Trust me on this one. Second Kings five, and uh, let's let's just read the whole um, story of um, of Naaman. Naaman the the yeah Naaman. Now Naaman, captain of the host of king of Assyria, of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. Now hold on for a second. If he was a leper and he had uh, sores and blood and some fingers falling off, how is he going to be in somebody's army and be great? It just don't make sense. If leprosy was contagious, why is this man captain of the host of the Syrian army? That's a pretty powerful quote. Go ahead. Okay. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies, and it brought away captives out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would the most high were that the prophet that is in Samaria? For he would recover him of his leprosy. Hold on. He would recover. Don't take that word lightly. I know recover today means somebody get better. Recover of his leprosy. Recover. Don't take that word lightly. Go ahead. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Notice how they keep using that same word, recover. You lose pigmentation. When you're cleansed, you're simply getting back. You don't turn back black. But you have yet white skin, it's one tone. 
You can't see through it. A lot of y'all don't understand what I mean. This is why they want to jump too quick into the scriptures. Everybody want to read the Bible, but do you know what you're reading? If you don't know what you're reading, and your pastor has been reading it to you forever, we just saying the same thing your pastor has been reading. This is why sometimes you need somebody to, to break this down and listen to what I'm saying and think about this as you read it, what they possibly could be saying, just as you're reading it. Think about this. Naaman was a, an albino, or he could have had vitiligo. He either was all white, or he had parts of his body that was white. That, under the old dispensation of the old covenant, was called leprosy. And he is an unclean leper. Not only is he white, but his skin, you can see through it. In Leviticus 13, it's called reddish white. Okay? So keep this in mind as we read. Go ahead. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of the Most High, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought, he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Fafar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then would he say of thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of the Most High. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, hold on. It said his flesh came as that of a little child. That is the one thing all kids have in common. Their flesh, whether they black, of course, black people, not lepers, because they're, you know, dark skinned, but all non-dark skinned people's flesh, children, are one tone. You never notice it, have you? All kids, white kids, anybody that have white skin or albinoism, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, not, not, not albinoism, but any, 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 any white skin, children is always one tone. They're cleansed according to Old Testament standards. Now, I know Christ has come. None of this matters today. None of this matters today, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show, build a house here brick by brick. You ever notice that most kids you see, they don't have. I, I'm trying to explain this this see through flesh. It'd be like without growth in y'all out, 
any part of your body, like if you look in your mouth and you can see through the skin, that's, but, you know, of course, that's if you look inside your mouth, okay? It's like under the eye. That skin is not covered. It looks like cells. It looks like, and I tell people, we all are white, but we just covered. Everybody on this planet is white. Some of us just have melanin. We're covered. And then there's white people that are not covered. Okay? To not have a covering or to not have earth. Because when you die, you go back to it. Y'all follow me? When you die, everything goes back to that brown dust. But while you're living, because we had fallen state of sin, and, you know, it ain't just about white skin. If you lose balling of the hair is a type of plague. Adam had a full head of hair. When you lose hair, that was due to sin. When you, when you, when you don't have children and they're too tall, that was due to sin. Too short, due to sin. Now they didn't have babies, due to sin. You're not living... A long, long life that's due to sin. Sin comes into the picture and it robs us of something. So we're not just talking about losing pigmentation. We're talking about, we, that's the main topic, of course, but I want you all to understand that this doesn't make black people hold their heads up and look down on anybody. It's just that because white people are us. We are them. Every single person that sound of my voice has blonde hair. You just have more melanin under that blonde, and within black hair, it's all hair. Brown is within black. Yellow is within black. Gray is within black. So you are blonde. You just have more melanin. You are a uh, 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 blue-eyed. I know. Just follow me. It's a little, just stay with me. Stay with me. That's why y'all got to listen to Dr. Pukum break it down a little further, but we're going to read more scriptures. You said we're all white. Uh, you being wrong, black. No, 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 no. I, I meant what I said. Every single person that's sounded my voice, it's like a white, we all white. We're just covered with melanin. So that makes us, of course, not white. But I'm just saying, it's like, hold on, Arlene. Let me get this out. I know exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. Look at your body. I mean, right now, we all have parts of our body that's not covered with melanin. That's all I'm saying, Arlene, when I say that, okay? I'm saying this, though. Many of us, so-called, it's 92% of us on the planet that is so-called non-white. What I'm saying today, and I'm very solid, I know exactly where I'm going with this, with scripture basis, you guys have to stay with me. So this is not controversial. It's very simple. We are covered with melanin. And Dr. Putin is going to use a bunch of big words and a whole bunch of scientific things to say the same thing I'm saying. I'm going to use scripture, but what I'm saying is we are covered with melanin. Instead, like an albino. An albino just simply lacks melanin. That's why his eyes don't have the color. That's why his hair don't have the color. That's why his skin don't have the color. And to not have these essential things that Adam and Eve have the son becomes his enemy. He has trouble with sight in the different things. You have a comment, Arlene? I do. I just, as a point of reference, I just prefer not saying that we're all white, but some of us are colored. 
I are covered. I prefer to say that we're actually all really black because we're descendants of Adam and Eve who were black. And what has happened as a result of what you're uh, sharing with us today is some people have lost the ability to produce melanin. So they're actually black people lacking color. That's how I prefer to see it because we are the dominant gene. We have the dominant gene. If our if our melanin gene is mixed with anything, it's going to have some pigment in it. Right. So to me, we're all pigmented people, but there are those that lack pigment because they came from us. We didn't start out white and then get covered. So that's why I don't really like you saying we're all white, only some of us are covered. No, we're all pigmented but some people have lost the ability to produce melanin. Therefore, they are not covered with melanin. Okay, I see exactly what you're saying. You can look at it like that. Yeah. Everybody, just however way the most I want to give it to you. You heard how I put it, okay? That's how I look at it. It's very simple. That's how I look at it. I just look at it like somebody's making ice king, and first the ice king is white. Then they put chocolate on it. So some people don't get chocolate. That's how I look at it. It's just that simple. All they're looking at everybody throwing off chocolate, and they're losing pigmentation. It's the same thing, okay? What I'm trying to establish today is, first and foremost, since Christ has come, this don't matter, but like all of you say, we have got to discuss this so we can understand that the first earth, I mean that earth, that, that Noah, that, that the patriarchs, these people in the Bible, when we get through laying this foundation, y'all going to understand they have had, to have been dark-skinned people, all of them, all of them. That's where we're going. That's what we're building. We just land. Just, we started out with all chocolate ice cream. Right. We started out with all dust-colored people. And as we sin, we lost the ability to produce hair. Some of us are balding. That's just as plagued as losing pigmentation. Some of us, because of sin, our genes was not producing the proper height of people, you know, short midgets, Okay. Okay, they go through their own little thing, you know, and and so I just want to say that, okay. Now let's finish read because I want to. Yeah. All right. Now let's go ahead and start Leviticus 13. Okay. I know people want to jump right into that, and I really, you know, want to make some other comments, but I'm gonna go ahead and start it because I don't want to tease people. Okay. Leviticus 13, uh, verse one. And the Most High spoke unto Moses. And Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy. Stop right there. Read that again. When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it shall be in the skin of his flesh, like the plague of leprosy. Okay. There's a problem I have with this verse. There's one little problem. That's right, a problem. It's saying it could be like the plague of leprosy. So what is the plague of leprosy? It's actually saying that the plague of leprosy y'all already know about. But now Leviticus 13 is talking about these spots in your arm, and it's saying you're to analyze it and and see if it's like leprosy. 
But we thought when we read Leviticus 13, it's going to be, this is leprosy. I'm trying to show you all something here. Albinoism is not in here. Vitiligo is. That's why I wanted to read 2 Kings 5. I told you, y'all, y'all just follow me. I'm going to say it again. All he just read this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising a scab, a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy. It goes on to say, Then he shall be brought unto Aaron, the priest, or unto one of his sons, the priest. But what I'm trying to say is, it seems like we should be reading it and say, when, they, when this, this, this happens, this is the plague of leprosy. You understand what I'm trying to say, Arlene? Okay. It's saying when somebody has this, this, and the other, it's like the plague of leprosy. Okay. We haven't even accepted. Well, in, okay. I, in Exodus, though, is when we read that Miriam was smitten with leprosy. Leprosy snuff. Right. Okay, so I get that. Right. So to me, that's what this is referring back to, because already in Exodus we explained to you what leprosy was. Then according to this, it's like if you have a small area that's leprous or white. Right. What I'm saying is, we'll, we'll finish it. It'll be clearer. Sometimes okay. people just need to read more. more. I, I know exactly, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll draw on that point a little later on. Okay. The priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. If the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, and the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days. Now, hold on. Let's back up what we're talking about here. Now, I just mentioned something under the skin, deep in the skin, and on top of the skin. So when y'all hear words like this, well, we're going to talk about words like scab, raw flesh, hot burning, rising, quick raw flesh, bright spot. Listen, is it on top of the flesh or under the flesh? Y'all know on top of the flesh because you can pick at something that's on top of the flesh. But if it's under your flesh, how can you pick at that? So if it says scab and it's under the flesh, it ain't thinking scab like we think of in 2011. I'm going to say that again. Listen for whether or not it's under the skin or on top of the skin. Because we can't go on our definition of scab today. That's what these preachers get off talking about leprosy is a bunch of sores. This stuff is under the skin in some cases. Let's keep reading. Um. The priest shall look on him the seventh day, and behold, if the plague in his sight be at a stay, and the plague spread not in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up seven days more. And the priest shall look on him again the seventh day, and behold, if the plague be somewhat dark. Stop. If it be somewhat dark, right there, when I read that right there, when I just got that far, that's why I say stop. I understood what this whole chapter was about. Folks, listen to the Spirit. Scripture says you have an unction from the Holy Spirit. You need not that any man should teach you. Moses has charged the sons of Aaron to look. And when the person becomes somewhat dark, 
this was a form of them being cleansed, that right there is, is enough to sh- just to set you free, okay? Dark being a criteria for cleanse. So you don't want to be lighter. You want to be darker. We'll go on because I want to get down where to talk about a yellow hair, which is okay. blonde hair. And behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab spread much abroad in the skin, after that he hath been seen of the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen of the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall see him, and behold, if the rising be white in the skin, and it hath turned the hair white, and there be quick raw flesh in the rising, it is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh. Hold on. You heard quick raw flesh. A lot of people run off there. There it is, Brother Seth, right there. How could you have missed it? There it is right there, quick raw flesh. That's blood. That's bleeding. Keep listening to what they say. They're going to later say reddish white. Ain't going to be no blood nowhere. And the priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall shut and shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. And if a leprosy break out abroad in the skin, and the leprosy cover all of the skin of him that hath the plague from his head even to his foot, whatsoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider, and behold, if the leprosy hath covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is turned all turned white. He is clean. Now stop for a second. If I don't nail nothing else down, we're going to nail this down. If you don't get nothing else from Brother Seth today, listen to this. If leprosy is sores, blood, fingers falling off, why would the Most High say that the more you get, if it's spread all over your body, everywhere the priest looking, you know, the priest looked everywhere, then you would be considered clean. Just chew on that for a second. Let's just take a pause. Let's stop. Hold up everything. If it was sores, so when you got one sore, you, that ain't, you ain't clean yet. And I want y'all to notice some of what they're saying. They're not saying healed. Lepers are cleansed. They're not healed. The different word, Christ cleansed the lepers. They did. They stayed white, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers. There was a people with either spots and they was black. They were dark-skinned people, what we call today black people, and they had a spot that was white. And when you look at that spot that was a white hair, that's an unclean leper. What Christ did, he prayed for them, and that spot on their hands, instead of being reddish-white, we're going to read in a second what they call quick-raw flesh, it just became one tone. It still was a white spot. 
it was just one tone and there was no white hair. That's all Christ was doing. He was touching them, and that raw flesh, meaning red and white, become white tone. Now, I don't mean to, I can imagine how this sounds to a lot of my white brothers and sisters. It's probably very disturbing to them, but they understand at least one thing. There is two tones of white skin, even if for our white brothers and sisters, there's white people, and they're all white. Again, all white kids have this trait. They are clean. They are mixed. They are, are mixed with melanin. And let me explain something. I got I gotta say this. I gotta say this, y'all. We're gonna keep reading. White people are not albinos. A lot of people go around preaching that that's stupid. White people is mixed too much with black people. That's why they don't have the the same color hair as a lot of albinos. Now some of them do have blonde hair and all, but what I'm saying is they've mixed with pigmentation. Have nothing to do with us. We can't boast nothing and stick our chest up. They just mix so much with us till the pigmentation gives their color, their hair more color, give their eyes darker color, give their skin darker color. So most white people are clean. That means in biblical days they would be a leper, folks. I'm just not mean wrote this stuff. This is Bible. According to what we're reading, they would be white. They would be a leper, but they'd be clean. They could go and live like anybody else. Okay? It's just that if you're within the white skin, if you can see through the skin, there was that breaking, you wasn't covered, you wasn't one tone like the like kids are as, as Naaman went through it. And we can even finish reading that. That was really powerful. Dude. We didn't even finish reading it. We got to go back to that, but not now. So all I'm saying is keep that in mind, that when you're all covered with this white skin, See, you're one tone. You lose all. This, this, we just read Vitiligo by Vitiligo. You know that's Vitiligo, Arlene, right? So we just actually read modern day Vitiligo in the Bible. Yeah. A skin turning all white. When it turned all white, he was one tone. But also, you don't have to be all white. You can have just a spot on your arm, as we read earlier. If that spot gets somewhat dark, it's got to get dark. It's got to get dark. It's got to get dark got dark, you was considered clean. So we've looked at already a couple of forms of leprosy. I've heard of several forms. One form is you are a dark-skinned person. You have a white spot. The priest look at you, and he's locked you up seven days. Now, somebody, I know I had this question asked in Columbus. Well, wait a minute. None of our spots change over seven days. You got to understand this was in ancient times. Our bodies and took a beating over the years. Our bodies don't change that fast, but back then... These things were changing pretty quickly. So that seven days do mean seven days, folks. But anyway, uh, again, our bodies, you know, we don't, it don't quite move that fast now. But at any rate, if you was a dark-skinned person or a person of color and you have this white spot, they lock you up, and if a white hair appear, that's it. You know why? That white hair is the most recessive. That is just as that has no pigmentation, okay? So you are considered a leper, an unclean leper. Now, what does that mean? When you was an unclean leper, they put you out of the camp. You'd have to go with other unclean lepers. So there was a lot of people with dark skin but had a spot on them and had a white hair in it, okay? There was a lot of people that had uh, 
uh, their skin had turned all white and quick raw flesh appeared or that reddish white look. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? When I first read Quick Raw Flesh, I understood exactly what that meant. Just like when uh, Aaron said about his sister, last my Lord, let her not be as one who's, who's you know, whose flesh is half consumed. Half consumed, reddish white, all of these things. Let's read more and it'll be clear as we read. Keep reading Leviticus, yes. Then we've got to go back to Second Kings. And the priest shall see raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean. For the raw flesh is unclean. It is a leprosy. Raw flesh is nothing more than being able to see through the skin. Don't worry, it's going to explain itself. Go ahead. Or if the raw flesh turn again and be changed unto white, he shall come unto the priest. Stop. See what I mean? Uh, Y'all think, I mean, I know I'm rushing a little bit here, but, and I'm going to slow down, but she just explained what I just said. This flesh is turning colors, folks. Ain't no blood. Ain't no knuckles falling off. This is all leprosy is, one form of it anyway. Okay? Read that again. And the priest shall see the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean, for the raw flesh is unclean. It is a leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turn again and be changed unto white, he shall come unto the priest, and the priest shall see him, and behold, if the plague be turned into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. No. He is clean. Right. Now, there is medicine that our white brothers and sisters that have this transparent skin, I call it, or something's called quick raw flesh, where this reddish white, you can see through their skin, there's a breaking. There is medicine you can take and make it all white. I, I almost fell off the couch when I saw that. And I yelled at Arlene about it. I don't know if she remembers not in Columbus. But there is a medicine I probably should have found out more about it, but I just thought it would be mainstream right now, and y'all should know what I'm talking about. I know a lot of my white brothers and sisters do. Now, again, folks, i got to back up. Why are we talking about this? What's this got to do with my salvation? Because I can see somebody out there saying, man, this is some heavy stuff. You're saying some very strong stuff, but that's because we live in a world of white supremacy. We, this is how it was back in the day. If you want to know the truth, Get this truth, and it's going to help you to even value more what if God said he wanted to make people out of the dust of the earth. Don't argue with him. That's what he chose. He chose dark skin. He chose to make it like that. Okay? It's like the, in the, the darker the, the soil, the richer it is. Don't, let's not argue with the Most High as to why he did that. That's what he did. Let's understand why and what white skin does and all these things, okay? Now, somebody once asked this question, I was teaching this before, and they said, uh, white people can have albinos. What, what are you saying? You're trying to say white people are albinos? White people, I'm not saying white people are albinos. I'm saying, folks, this is why I want to do my little intro in the beginning, and I was still pressured to go to the, the scriptures. But I got sometimes you just got to go with what the Spirit is giving you. Now, I want y'all to listen to me very careful, and it's going to make a lot of things clear if you just simply give me a chance here. White people and black people are the same. Sometimes doctors say if you lead a lung or a heart, a white person is actually better than even black people are. We are the same people. This is why I said earlier, it is like we all are white. It's just some of us, are more like 
father Adam, and we still have our pigmentation. While some of us, brothers and sisters of ours, have lost it, okay? Now, in ancient times, there was a lot of albinos, okay? This is a complete extreme. They have very little pigmentation. But as whites come out of the caves of Europe, because this was true, when they was in the caves of Europe, the caveman area is very real. That is true. That is Bible. When they was in the caves of Europe, Africa still Africa was had universities and science and all these things going while Europe was in its dark ages. Folks, this is history. Okay? Now, when the Moors went up there and educated the cavemen on them and they came out of that place a mighty nation. This was the calling of the most high for that nation. I can we can talk about later scriptures talking about how God called a nation from the north country. Many times he talks about that, a mighty nation, and how he was going to use that nation to chastise the whole planet because they had turned their back on the Most High. This is Bible all day long. We cover this on Sundays, okay? Now, I want you all to stay with me, okay? Now, these albinos went and mixed with people. When that white skin mixed with melanin, the hair get more pigmentation. The eyes get more pigmentation. And this is nothing more that black people who, again, was in Africa, lost their pigmentation. Those albinos, many histories, historians say albinos, there was this massive flow of albinos into the Caucasus Mountains because the sun was more uh, friendly to them in the colder climate. That's science, history, folks, okay? Millions went north, all right, that produced the caveman era. The Moors went up there and they brought them science and all these things. This is this is real. This is science. You're not going to learn these at a lot of these universities because a lot of these universities fear, you know, funding and knowledge. You're going to learn these at the Harvard, the Yale, the Ivy League. I'm serious. That's just the way it is because they just tell the truth. They don't fear funding and accreditation and all that. So this is why it pays to go to a lot of colleges like this, okay? But anyway, this is the dark ages, all right? So... The reason why white people today can have white can have albinos is because they too have melanin. The white people we see every everyday white people we see, they are so mixed with melanin. Again, have nothing to do with us. We can stick our head up and say, "Oh, I'm black. Oh, I got melanin." No, you can't control your body no more than next person can. Like I'm standing, I'm losing hair. That's a plague. In the Old Testament, I will be you know, whatever they would do to people that lose hair. That was a form of plague. And they actually talk about balding in this chapter, okay? So there's a lot of information here, folks, and there's a lot to cover. That's why you have got to be patient with me and just let me do this the way I want to do it, okay? I know where I'm going with this. But anyway, that's how white people can have albinoism, albinos, because they are mixed with pigment, okay? But the vast majority of people have the most albinos on the planet is so-called black people or dark-skinned people. Arlene, you want to finish reading? And the priest shall see him, and behold, if the plague be turned out into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. He is clean. The flesh also, in which even the skin thereof, was a boil and is healed, and in the place of the boil there be a white rising or a bright spot, white and somewhat reddish, and it be showed to the priest, 
And if when the priest seeth it, behold, it be in height lower than skin, and the hair thereof be turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague of leprosy broken out of the boil. Did you want to say anything about that? You know, it's a lot of times how when you have had a sore, I mean, we're talking about after you have a sore, and it leaves a white spot. Yeah. See, and I don't care how black you are, you have that white spot. That's kind of what they're saying, man. Okay. But they weren't talking about no sores. They're talking about the white spot that come after that. Okay. Read that again, please. We had a boil, though. And the place of the boil, there be a white rising or a bright spot white and somewhat reddish, and if he shows to the priest, and if when the priest seeth it, behold, it be in slight lower than skin, and the hair thereof be turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague of leprosy broken out of the boy. But if the priest look on it... Look, 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 look. Check this out. The preachers today preach that the boil is the leprosy, that the sore is the leprosy, that the fingers twisting is the leprosy. Read that again, what's the leprosy? I want everybody to get that. And if the priest sees it, behold, it be in the lower, in sight lower than the skin, and the hair thereof be turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague of leprosy broken out of the boil. The whiteness that come out of that. That's the leprosy. The white skin that comes from that. That's the leprosy. I just want to nail that down. But listen, we can read that a little more. I want everybody to do this for me. Read all of Leviticus 13, okay? I want you to read all of it. This is the handbook on leprosy. You're going to read, we're going to read it together a little later on, but I want to show some other scriptures because I want to, I want to really uh, nail this thing down about it being see-through skin, and I want to bring it to 2011 by finishing out Second uh, Kings 5. So let's go to Second Kings 5. I want everybody else to finish that the rest of this chapter on your own, and then next week we can talk about it. I just, today is, is intro day. We just want to introduce you to Leviticus 13. That is the handbook on leprosy. That is going to talk about almost every form of leprosy there is. Now, it does not talk about being born all white, but it's in other parts of the Bible. That's why I'm jumping around. Okay, Second Kings 5, Gehazi, as we talked about earlier, when it dips, Naaman, when it dips in the, uh, uh, the Jordan, okay, he is healed. Cleansed. He's cleansed, thank you. That is uh, definitely a good correction. Lepers are not healed. They're cleansed. The Messiah, when he cleansed them, simply turned that reddish-white, Breaking of the what I call creamy white look, like the kids have, all one tone. That's clean. That's fine. All heart dark, either way. But when it have that breaking up of the flesh, the reddish white. Look at your hand. Your hand is broken, raw flesh. Look at your hand, everybody. Your hand is not one tone. You can see all. You see that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you, not to gross you out, but if you look at it inside your mouth, it's not one tone inside your mouth. You look under your eyelids, it's not one tone under your eyelids because that area is not covered. So 
if your outside of your body looked like the inside of your mouth, that would be considered quick raw flesh. Now, I know you all looking at me like, what? But think about what we've read. It should make all the sense in the world. What else could it be? Again, we are reading no scriptures about blood, fingers falling off, guts, pus, none of that. I want you all to check this story out. Arlene, let's go to Second uh, Kings. I know. Let's just go ahead and finish reading that. I want everybody to hear what happened to Gehazi. He's going to be cursed with this forever, and it's going to bring 2011 into this whole chapter. Go ahead. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see where I stopped. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of the, of the Most High. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He returned to the man of the Most High, he and all his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no Elohim, or Most High, in all the earth, but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Most High liveth, before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules burden of earth? For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but only unto the Most High. In this thing the Most High pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Remon to worship there, and he leaneth on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Remon, when I bow down myself in the house of Remon, the Most High pardon thy servant in this thing. And he said unto him, Go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of the Most High, said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman, the Syrian, in not receiving in his, at, in his hand that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Uh-oh. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well, my master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him, Uh oh. And bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants. And they were bare, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the man go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? Uh-oh. And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and manservants and maidservants? The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Whoa. 
Read that last verse again. Somebody's on the driving on the road, maybe they didn't hear that part. The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Now some of y'all are hearing this for the first time in your life. And I know it's just hitting you like weird. Now here's a man cursed with leprosy and he turns white right in front of the prophet. Somebody would have to ask this question. Naaman had leprosy. Gehazi just cursed with leprosy. How many people did they curse with leprosy? And if they had children and they children had children, they children had children, and children and children and children and children, children, like he just said, you're going to be cursed forever, where are they today? If they was like white as snow, we would see you white as snow. That's not what it means, white as snow. It just means they don't have pigmentation. Now, I'm trying to be sensitive with this subject. I wonder how people feel. Anybody have questions? Chat room, please shoot at me. Actually, we got somebody cut their hand up. Let me go ahead and uh, open up the line. Call you on the air. Seth, this is John. How are you on Arlene going? Oh, pretty good. Just speak up a little bit, John. Yeah, simply put, Shabbat Shalom there. Shabbat Shalom to you all. You said that this would be unlike any teaching on leprosy that anyone has ever heard, and you did not fail to to uh, make it that. And uh, I got I got this question, and uh, I, I was on it. Uh, the the question is this: When in the law, God would say. So a field with two types of seed, and he would say, "Do not have a garment with like gold linen," which I've always looked at as being indicative of "Do not intermingle with other persons." Seems to be all of one thing. And when I looked at the, when you were talking about the, the leprosy, I always was wondering, like, why is part of the person white in color? They're unclean, but if they're all white, now they're clean. And the only way that I could explain it is he did not want you to be a part of one thing, a part of another. That was unclean. But if you're all white, you're clean. If you're all black, you're clean. So then the question becomes, why is when it comes to clean, being clean and unclean and, and being cleansed, I guess my question is like, I now in modern day does that still is that still the case? Is is a person who has vitiligo with spots of white on them, they're black. Are they considered unclean? Well that's a very good question, John. Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. It's first of all, Christ has come and none of this matters no more. None of it matters. Now, Arlene was talking about it may be health-wise and all that, but I don't think none of it matters at all, none of it. No more than me having a bald head or thinning up. Yes, it does mean I have hair. And if you're too short, that's going to bring certain things about it. People that don't have pigmentation, the sun does, sunscreen, all this. So, yeah, the natural whatever's are there because of sin. But as far as being accepted, 
accepted by the Father and being able to walk with the Father, John, it has absolutely nothing in Scripture. We would all be in trouble because guess what? We're talking about one ailment, one, uh, uh, not ailment, one plague. Let's stick with what the Scripture call it. One plague. But we all have some part of us who dying at 40. Many of us can't have children. Many of us can't see. We have glaucoma. Uh, 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 we have different things wrong with our bodies. That's the same sin. We're suffering because of the same sin. So this is why I say this is no reason for whites or any or light-skinned people to feel bad. This is just fact, science, Bible, letting you see that if this is true, then that book was full of people of color. That's one of the main reasons we're bringing this out. But that was a very good question, man. Uh, they are clean. Vitiligo, uh, uh, most people with vitiligo that I see, black skin, I see they do look clean in that they're all one tone. But now if that quick raw flesh appear or the reddish white, if we'd have kept reading, actually said the term reddish white. I mean, can you find that with it's actually reddish white? Uh, but anyway, did you have another question, man? Did I, first of all, did I answer your question? Well, yes, yes, but it, it actually did create another question, and this may be somewhat of a loaded question because if that if that clean unclean scenario no longer exists because we are post the Savior has risen, then why why do we as Hebrew Israelites why do we look at uh, the the uh, the dietary law? That's dealing with clean and unclean as well. So how does one how does one reconcile the fact that clean unclean as it pertains to skin that no longer exists, but the dietary clean and unclean does? You know what? Uh, I think you just gave the question of the day. I don't think nobody's gonna be able to top that question. This is what I believe, and I do have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. You need not that any man should teach you. John, I will pray about all of this. No matter what I say today, anybody listening should be prayerful. But I guarantee you're going to find out from the Most High that these things I say are true. I will say this. First of all, in terms of going to the Holy of Holies, everybody can come. Be it you got uh, white skin, black skin, yellow skin, you can enter to that holy of holies. John, I, I'm leaning to believe that if the Most High said this was, there was, this was a considered a plague in the Old Testament, it's got to have some drawbacks today. It's just that's just true. I mean, like again, I'm I'm thinning, I'm losing hair. Just because Christ has died, that don't mean my hair all of a sudden will start growing. I'm still suffering the effects of sin. Those women. They've done nothing wrong. They can't have children. You know, I would think, you know, you're still going to have the natural drawbacks. Now, you were talking about the law. If the law said they were unclean, that just meant that they were unacceptable to the most high. Now Christ has changed that, so they are clean because of Christ. Now, what do you mean about You said in the dietary laws those be uh, clean and unclean. Food. Well, well, well that, now, thank you, thank you. Arlene, help me out with your question, making me even clearer. Now, 
Christ didn't die for fish. So I still would say they're unclean. Christ died for humans. The Most High sent the Son to die for humans. So humans are clean because of the blood of Christ. Fish, pork, not, not, not fish, but pork and certain fish, you know, and everything that those dietary laws say, that still holds up. I'm not going to change on that because, again, he didn't die for those fish. He didn't die for, okay, all he got a question. Hold on, John, were you done with your question? Yes. So my answer to you again would be everything in the dietary law that's unclean and clean still stands. As far as humans, everybody is clean in that we now can approach the Holy of Holies, and that was forbidden in biblical times. Arlene, what's your question? John, thank you for your question, man. You get another thank, raise your Thank hand. you. Okay. I just wanted to make a comment just to follow up on John's comment about vitiligo. I believe in biblical times, when those spots began to appear on people, as it says in Leviticus, and the hair in the spot was white, they had to be shut up, and they had to be looked at again. And eventually, um, they were, um, they, they, when the hair would turn white, they were called lepers. And I believe, personally, that that was just shocking for people, pigmented people to see, and that it was considered unclean, and they shut them up or they lock them up until they turn all the way white. And when I see people today currently that have vitiligo, it's shocking, which I believe is why Michael Jackson totally leaked his body or wore white makeup until his whole entire body turned white, because it's shocking to see those big white blotches on that beautiful dark skin. And I think today, because we have been saved by grace, that we do have a Messiah who uh, was our sacrificial lamb, that we can't say that people are unclean, but indeed it is shocking. So uh, I would have to say that when I see vitiligo, I believe that it is the transition of leprosy. It's people turning from one color to another. And it doesn't look normal until they're either all dark or they become all white. And then they're not shocking anymore. So I can't say that they're unclean, but I can see that they're shocking. Okay. Uh, do you have another question, Arlene? No. All right, now listen, people. What I'm about to say to you is probably, to me, the most important part of all this. I want you to really listen. First of all, let me get this out of the way, but the reddish-white. So y'all understand, I keep talking about reddish-white. You probably say, I ain't started in scripture yet. Leviticus 13 and 19 says, mm-hmm. and in the places of the boil... Somebody had a boy. I think she read that on it, didn't you? Okay, so she read that. That's that that is that's where it says white rising, spot white, and somewhat reddish. Somewhat reddish. That's where we get that from. And that's why I meant by the flesh you can see through. I call it see through flesh, but it's this somewhat reddish flesh. But in in twenty fourth verse it says somewhat somewhat reddish or white. Okay? In the forty second verse it calls it white reddish a white reddish sore. Talk about the bawling of the head. It says, and if there be in the ball, I'm talking about verse 42 of Leviticus 13. It says, and if there be in the bald head or bald forehead a white reddish sore, it is a leprosy sprung up in his bald head. Again, the leprosy is the whiteness. The reddish whiteness, not the store. 
they flipped this ch- chapter around and start making like the sword is what's leprous. And then verse 43 also has a reference to reddish white. Now, here's what I wanted to say to y'all. I want everybody to listen to what I'm saying, because this right here is a killer, what I'm about to drop on you. White skin is, a re- is nothing more than a mutation of black skin. Please go to my comments and click on figure B, I think it is. Washington Post does a good job bringing this out, but I want you all to understand something. White skin is a mutation. There's a lady by the name of Frances Crest Wealthy in my library under genes, black genes dominant. You click on the link on my page, again, blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. There's a book called The Isis Papers. And this woman really gets into this subject of recessive mutation. Okay, and Dr. Pukram is a leading expert on this particular subject, and she's, again, in the same comment section. You have to just cut and paste that link. Now, here's what I wanted to say. Some people believe that one of Noah's sons, Japheth, was white. Some people believe that one of his sons was black. And some people believe that one of his sons was yellow. So they believe that Noah had three different colored sons. I'm about to kill this whole doctrine of Esau. A lot of people is out there preaching, and I know we got a few minutes, that's why I'm talking fast, so bear with me. A lot of people are saying white people are coming from Esau. I'm going to show it to you when I next week. We're going to really nail this down. We're going to go through Leviticus, all of it. I just want to hit around a little bit today. Japheth had the smallest amount of kids. Then it was Shem. Ham, the darkest one, had the most, and I'm glad he had the most, especially for what I'm about to prove. Back in the day, they all mixed. They mixed. What no racism based upon color. They was mixing. White being the recessive gene that it is, Shem could have annihilated them all by themselves. The tribe, the family of Shem could have annihilated Japheth because if you mix white with black, you don't get white anymore. Now, I know there's a few cases where two whites had a black. Please don't bring up those one out of a million cases. We're talking about vast majority of science, science of what most people, you know, go through in this whole mixing process. Ham has a the darker of the three sons, and he really would annihilate it. And y'all got to understand, Francis Crest Wilson, y'all got to go to, that, to my bookstore, to that book uh, uh, library, and get that book, ISIS Papers. One of the things white supremacist groups talk about is separation, because they know that as long as we're mixed together, we cannot survive as a nation. This is Francis Crest Wilson. This is what she talks about all the time. Whites cannot survive. If they're mixing with yellow or black, they just cannot survive. So the only way I believe that whites come from Esau is if Japheth, remember he mixed among them sons for a while before he went to Europe. Europe, Europe is new, newly populated. 
I mean, they, he was in Africa for a long time. And if if it's true, Japheth's uh, sons were white, he would have been. They would have been annihilated through the much much mixing among those people. So this is why I do not believe in no Esau being white doctrine. It's how red and ruddy blacks are red and can be ruddy. That don't hold water. And a lot of you talk about scriptures where it talks about uh, in Lamentations, my lover, his, he is white and ruddy. All they had me with that. Okay, but if you keep reading that scripture where it talks about my lover was white and ruddy, you said there's somebody white in the Bible right there. Keep reading because it's talking about his, his skin was black upon him uh, because of the terrible famine. And it goes on to talk about other parts of his body that's like the barrel stones and all that, and all these stones that it's comparing her lover to, they're all dark. So, again, the one part in the scripture where it talks about my lover is white and ruddy, He's, his reference body is black. Now, was he a zebra? Of course not. So we got to understand what that means. First, furthermore, no, it said, it said white like milk, white like milk. And I'm sorry we didn't turn to it, but we, we was at other places in the Bible. But white people are not white like milk. So that's not even what they were talking about. So I just want to share that. But like I said, when you got mixing, 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 you cannot have a white race. It's simple and plain. The only way Europe was able to grow the way it did is eventually some of those people went and migrated to the hills of Europe. But that was thousands of years later, people. Why are y'all calling white people descendants of Esau? The earth was black for thousands and thousands of years. Albinos is what got together, being persecuted by their people and being called by the Most High. May I add, according to Scripture, for the Lord, the Most High said He would raise a nation from the north. Several times it says that, and we cover that on Sunday. So I got three minutes, but I want y'all to meditate on what I just said. Now, John, I don't know if you have a question or not, but your hand is still up. Hit your one again if you don't. If you don't have a question, hit it again. But. Uh, Okay, so you don't have a question. So all I'm saying is, with much mixing, with much mixing, Arlene was just showing me something there, with much mixing, there can be no white race. So here's the question. If we all forgot about color and just love one another, there would not be a white race. The only way there can be a white race is whites have got to go off on their own like the Klan advocates and be left alone. And the only way that's going to happen on this planet is they've got to lie to their women and lie to their men about all the other people. That's a genetic threat to them. This is the calling of Francis Crest Wilson. This is all she talked about 24-7. So we have to ask this question. If love annihilates you, what keeps you together? What keeps you together? The only way you can have a white race is you've got to have lies being spoken against other people to keep their women away. And this is, this is the, the foundation for racism. This is what Francis Crest Weston talks about all the time, and I agree with her. The only way you can have a white race, again, is they've got to be off by themselves like in Europe, 
and mixing among themselves because if they come into if everybody love each other, forget about color, there will be no white race. So what am I saying? White people listen to me today, don't advocate. You are gonna always be around because you're our brothers and sisters. But white skin, that is what is in possibly genetic survival mode right now or threat of being annihilated, but not you the person. And that's all we care for. We the spirit, not how our flesh looks, okay? So that's pretty much it, folks. Uh, We're going to hammer hammer at this again next week. Um, Again, please do the reading. Be alert next week. We're going to, so a lot of this stuff y'all heard for the first time, but if you just do the homework I gave you, check out uh, the links and everything, and also comment if you like. Uh, I think we'll be better off, okay? So we're going to go ahead and end this Shabbat Shalom, everybody. All of you want to tell me about Shabbat Shalom? Shabbat Shalom. Okay, it's tight, but it's right, folks.